Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into the Amal Shaw experience, otherwise known as Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is the aforementioned Amal Shaw. I don't know, we might be looking for a new name. Michael, McCart- Mike- Michael Lombardi's got his website, Odds On Lombardi. We might get sued for name infringement. Again. I was thinking we're going to go with Gridiron Genius, and <laughs> one person who would never use that term is Mike McCarthy. Holy cow! certifiable moron. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I mean, this guy is an absolute idiot, and this is going to cost the Dallas Cowboys down. You have a second and 31. What a dream scenario. They throw a quick out to Devontae Smith, get the call timeout. They could have gotten the ball back with about a minute 40, minute 35 left. Dak couldn't be stopped in that game. I mean, it was like like a college football game. It was like Alabama playing a USM or something. And it was unbelievable. Mike McCarthy decides to forego the timeouts there. Now, you thought uh, that the Eagles should have tried to go for it on fourth and five. I thought down to 20 seconds, it's worth the risk there because to the point of their defense couldn't stop Dak and the Cowboys, they needed to get two scores in a row there, getting the kickoff in the second half. I think you take the shot, you try to score twice in a row and get yourself back in the game. But if McCarthy calls the timeouts there, there's no shot they're going fourth down. They have to kick it back. Yeah, correct on that. The where I disagree with you though is if Philly doesn't convert and they saw who their quarterback was, Jalen Hurts missed three easy passes in that game last night. He is not the answer in Philadelphia long term. But in terms of the short term, you look at it. I, I think it was a scenario where if they don't convert, the way Dallas is moving the ball, they could have not. They could have gotten into field goal range with one pass. And they had two timeouts. How about when you're up by? Thirteen and you score a touchdown. Why don't you go for two to go up twenty-one? I was wondering why you didn't do it when you got up to twenty. Yeah. By the way, I think Mike McCarthy gets a bonus in his contract for every timeout he saves this year. Yeah. Um, somebody texted me during the game. They said it's this game is not exactly like watching McCarthy and Sariani play chess. I said chess. 
It's not even checkers. It's like kids playing Uno and they can't follow the same color or same number. Yeah, but, but you know what's funny? Uh, John Harbaugh and Bill Belichick are the two best game managers in the NFL, but everybody gives them a ton of credit. I don't think they're necessarily geniuses. I just think there's a lot of idiots in the NFL. That's just the reality of it. Nobody wants to call these guys out. There were articles everywhere. The Sporting News had an article. Everybody had articles about McCarthy not calling a timeout. I mean, even the most a basic person watching football who's not seen it too much knows, hey, why aren't you calling timeout? And, Mike, they had the perfect storm, perfect scenario. It's second down and 31. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, hey, it's second down it's and, second three. and three. Yeah, exactly. What do you do? What do you do? Are going to stop? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like the Andy Reid situation. No. Should you call the timeout on third and one or not call it? Yeah. This one is, I mean, clear as day. Yeah. Uh, a, a stunning contrast in the philosophy of running the football. The Eagles running backs only carried the ball three times last night. Meanwhile, between uh, between Zeke Pollard and Dak, they rushed the ball 37 times for the Cowboys and controlled the clock, obviously, 35 minutes to 25 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? They're going direct snap to their running back, the Eagles are. I mean, Jalen Hurts is basically yeah. the tailback playing quarterback. I, I told you since this kid came out of Channel View, he's not an accurate passer. You could see in the national championship game, Brent Musburger gave me a hard time when I said to go to two on the second half. The guy had 21 passing yards against Georgia. They were never winning that national title with him at the quarterback. They're not winning at Oklahoma. Think about this. Everybody that comes to Oklahoma, including Spencer Rattler, gets Heisman consideration, except Jalen Hurts. The bottom line is he's not an accurate passer in the NFL. You may lack size. You may lack speed. You may lack arm strength. But you need accuracy to be successful. And if you look at all the great quarterbacks in this league, they all have it. Uh, I give credit to you. You had the Cowboys last night. The number had moved to three and a half. You gave it out three and a half. I know you bet at three. You'd have probably laid more than that. My question to you in leaving this game is, after three weeks, can we now say the NFC East is a one-team division? Yes, absolutely. I, I think Washington's in serious trouble. Uh, their defense is, is not good. I thought their defense, I'm, excuse me, their offense would be a little bit better. I thought the defensive front seven would be effective. They have not been. Still enough time to get things turned around. And by the way, the only reason I'm even saying that is because I've got the Redskins, uh, Washington to win the uh, division. But let's be realistic here now. This is, looks like a Cowboys is going to be a runaway train because we know the Eagles and Giants are not particularly strong. I'm not sure if I believe in the Washington football team enough to get things changed, but the head-to-head twice against Dallas will still benefit them. We've got a big show today. Coming up in 10 minutes, we're going to have Amon Green on, Amal, a Cornhusker and Packer legend. I have questions about both of those teams for him when he joins us. We're going to do something on Tuesdays called Three Up and Three Down. No, we're not going to be talking about baseball. Amal and I are both going to give you our three teams that we upgraded their power ratings and the three teams we downgraded their power ratings based on the previous week's performance. Let's start with the positive side, the up. Who are your three ups, Amal? Uh, well, you know, right now for me, let me find my notes. Uh, since I don't, <laughs> so I don't have the graphic in front of me here. But, you know, when you look at these teams, one of the teams that really stood out to me, I would remember. If, if well, I'll start with mine. Yeah, thank okay, you. because. Uh, we have a common one. Uh, we actually have a common two. And, and I, I threw the Cowboys in last night because I was, maybe it's more the Eagles were down, but I was impressed with the performance. This offense is legitimate. I mean, they can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Uh, and, and the defense has been able to get off the field enough to the p- point where they could be 3-0 and right now, but they're 2-0 and in a division uh, that they're clearly going to win. We both had the Rams. Uh, you can speak to the Rams first. Yeah, but like you said, we both had the Rams and the Cowboys. Um, Look, the Rams, to me, Matthew Stafford has made a difference. I was trying to tell you there's plenty of time to hop on that bandwagon between April and now, but he's been a difference maker, and I think that defense, as you alluded to, played particularly well on Sunday. We'll see if they continue that trend because they are in such a competitive division. Yeah, to me, their defense finally stood out and started to play to the shades of what we've seen they could play the last several years. I don't think they were very good 
the first two weeks. But let's face it, against a very good offense and Tom Brady, they forced a ton of punts. I said before that game there might only be three or four punts in that game. There were four punts before the halfway point of the first period. It, it was tough. But once they got it rolling and once Stafford got it rolling, they were in clear control of the game and very big, maybe for the NFC home field advantage. I think that game may come back to be a key factor. Yeah, and Adam Candy, it's the first quarter. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, my third team up was the New Orleans Saints. I was tremendously impressed with the fact that nothing came easy for the New England Patriots on Sunday in Foxborough. The receivers were under duress. Mac Jones was under duress. It was hard for the Patriots just to get a first down. You know, there was such a disparity in the performances of the Saints week one to week two, but I think that whole COVID situation week two with all the coaches, their inability to have full practices – I think it was an aberration, and I I believe the Saints are a playoff team moving forward. Your third up was the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I think this team is, you know, they had a bad game in the first one against Pittsburgh. That's one they'd probably like to get back simply because it's an AFC team. Now, the way Pittsburgh is going, I don't think they're going to be a contender for the best record in the AFC, but who knows if things change for the better there in the Steel City. I think this Bills team is, the defense played well enough. They did get, blow a little bit of a lead in that game, allowing Washington back in the game, but they took care of business fairly comfortably there. Uh, and then for me on the downside, uh, I've got Pittsburgh in there. This team looks bad. Ben Roethlisberger looks awful. Mike Tomlin still has proven he's a mediocre coach who's gotten over by just being in a bad division for so many years. The Bengals and the Browns hadn't done anything for a long time. This is a program not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I also have Pittsburgh. That's our one comment on the down list. Look, they drafted Najee Harris. They're supposed to retool this offensive line and try to be able to run the football. They can't run the football because when they hand Najee Harris the ball five yards deep in the backfield, he gets hit three yards before the line of scrimmage. They have to throw him the ball. They targeted him 19 times, 14 catches. That's the only way to get him the ball. Big Ben looks awful. He might be amongst the bottom five quarterbacks right now in the National Football League. I was fooled in their week one win in Buffalo, even though they got outgained. They played well enough. They had special teams play, and the defense was good against the Bills in that opening game. Pittsburgh is not a middle-tier team. They are a bottom third team to me. Uh, I mean, I don't know about that. I still think there's 10 teams probably that are worse than them. Ooh, I don't know. I think it's I think you probably named six off the top of your head, and then it gets murky after that. They lost to the worst team in their division at home, clearly, by two touchdowns. Yeah, but okay. the Bengals are not as bad as you. I mean, yeah. I don't watch that Bears game. Tell me about the Bengals' offense in that Bears game. Yeah, they were they, pathetic. But then against the Vikings, they moved the football. I mean, yeah, listen, the, the Vikings, week, week. I, you know. Bishop Gorman's going to move the ball against the Vikings. Okay, your second. Seahaw Seahawks couldn't after the first halfway through the uh, second quarter. Yeah, your second down team, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm all. Yeah, it's not only are they bad, but it's just the way things are going right now. I don't see them really having that much ability to move forward and be successful. Trevor Lawrence is kind of getting away from his mechanics that have made him successful. He's never lost three games in a row, whether at the high school or collegiate level. How does he respond to this type of adversity? Also. To me, the biggest thing is they just don't look like they have a fight in any of these games, right? Like, you look at certain teams, you go, okay, the Lions are in games. They're competitive. You know, they were, uh, had the, were they tied or had the lead against uh, Green Bay at halftime? I think they had the lead. 17-14. Yeah, but in this matchup with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars in their games, yes, they got the lead against Arizona, but they just look non-competitive. That flea flicker play, Lawrence just throwing it off of one foot. Come on. I mean, who are you, Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, yeah. you're at home. You had the momentum, that big kick before the half, and you get up double digits. I thought it, I thought it was sweat time for the people that had Arizona and Survivor, but it really wasn't. Yeah, but then also don't forget, uh, they missed two extra points yeah. with Josh Lambeau. Come on. For me, my second downgrade team is the Jets. Uh, this offense is just awful. Their offensive line is terrible without Mekhi Beck. They, 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 they had no chance of scoring in that. 26 nothing. it could have been 49 to nothing. I mean, they're fortunate. Denver fumbled the ball going in with about four minutes left at the one-yard line. 
they had no semblance of an offense. I don't know what Wilson's going to do this year. He might have a year like Troy Aikman had, and I'm not saying his career is going to be like Troy Aikman, but that year Aikman got beat up and they were 1-15 in his rookie year. That might, It might be this bad for Zach Wilson this year. Uh, your final down team is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, they're 1-2, and two, and they really could be 0-3. Mm-hmm. Now you can make the argument they could have also been 3-0, and 0, but they're not, and they sit at 1-2. and two, And I think the one problem that has never been talked about because their offense has been so prolific the last few years is the fact their defense is still not elite. When you look at championship teams, generally speaking, you have elite-level defenses. They don't have that. They've got a defense that seems to get stops in the fourth quarter when necessary, but they benefited from a couple of errors by the Cleveland Browns in that first week. And then Edward Hilaire with the big fumble. I, I think this team's going to be in a real dogfight in this division. And my third team for down was the Seattle Seahawks. They can't keep giving up 450 yards every week and expect that they're going to be a playoff team in that a, in the NFC West. The other thing is, they didn't do much in the second half offensively against Tennessee at home. And to your point, they did nothing after the middle of the second quarter in Minnesota. There's problems there. I think right now Seattle is the worst of the four teams in that division. I would agree with you. When you look at it, I think San Francisco is a lot more complete. We know Arizona's played well so far. Could be uh, they are three and zero. Excuse me, they are they are three and zero. I was going to say could be three and zero because I was thinking the Vikings should actually made that field goal. But it's going to be interesting in you this have division. Two three and zero teams, a two and one team, and a one and two team there. Yeah, and, so they're behind the eight ball already. And six times versus the rest of these opponents in the division. Yeah, they have a big game coming up against the 49ers this week. It almost becomes a must win for Seattle. You can't get down three games in the division this early. And, and when you look at it historically, it's tough to start one and two and, and make it anyhow. Uh, When we come back, we are going to have Amon Green, legend at the University of Nebraska and the all-time leading rusher with the Green Bay Packers. That's next on Odds On. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm and he is Amal Shaw. And it's our pleasure at this time to welcome into the program Amon Green, third all time leading rusher at the University of Nebraska, all time leading rusher for the Green Bay Packers. Welcome to the show, Amon. Um, I'm doing good. How about yourself? We're doing great. I want to start out with Nebraska. You played there two national championships with Tom Osborne. You're the MVP in the Orange Bowl in his final game, the victory over Peyton Manning and Peerless Price and the Tennessee Volunteers. Scott Frost was your quarterback. He takes the reins in Lincoln. It's been a struggle so far. And let's honestly, it's been a, really a struggle since Frank Solich left the program. A couple sure. of road covers for the Huskers the last two weeks, catching 22 in Oklahoma and catching five at uh, East Lansing. But what's the temperature, the appetite? in the fan base there in Nebraska and the administration for the job that Scott Frost is doing. Have expectations lowered so much in Lincoln that a team can go 500 or below 500 and the coach keep his job? Um, I'd say with his experience and his, uh, his time on campus as a player, I'd say he's probably the only coach that will that'll be able to survive that um, because I knew Scott going in, he made a comment that it's going to probably take around six to seven years to really transition this program back toward the mindset and the culture it was when we were there as players. Um, a lot of damage has happened since Osotis left, since I left, since Scott left. Um, that mindset of what the program that we had there was a winning mindset. That means we held each other accountable for mistakes. We, we, you know, we pat each other on the back for wins but not too much. We, we stayed level-headed. You know, that was Coach Osborne's job of keeping us, you know, you know, constant and not going up, not being too high on ourselves and not being too low on ourselves, but always being consistent in a, a mindset of being for professional and playing football at a certain level and, you know, obviously keeping mistakes to a minimum. And that, I said that culture takes time to rebuild. And for the longest time it has been, it's been basically 20-plus years, where that culture took to destroy it, basically, and now it's going to take a lot to rebuild it, and it's going to it's going to double. It may, it may be double time. 
you know, before we really see, um, I say the fan base will understand to see it. Um, but as players, I see it. You know, it's not far away because what I watched in the last couple of games, the Oklahoma game, the Michigan State game, I watched the team fight for four quarters. And in the last, I'd say, up until Scott got here, I didn't see a Nebraska team fight, even when they were losing, um, to win. And if they had the lead, they gave it up, but they still fought. And that's what I've been seeing in the last two, three games for my uh, University of Nebraska the players and obviously the coaches staff, some of the coaches that I actually played with between Scott Frost and Ryan Held as well, and a few other guys that I believe got hired on in the last in this last offseason um, has been doing, doing their best. they got to work with the athletes. The athletes got to work with them. The biggest thing is you don't want to lose your players as a head coach and as a coach. You want to make sure you have your players buy-in so when you go into a game that you know that they are going to fight for you and you're going to fight for them in terms of play calling as a coach. Amon, what will it take to get Nebraska back to the level where they recruit nationally? I mean, when you were there, Tom Osborne could go into Texas. He could go to Braden, Florida, and get a Tommy Frazier. He could go to San Diego. He could go to New Jersey and get to Peters. Right now, Nebraska is not recruiting on a national scale. It's going to take just reestablishing those pipelines, going, not being afraid and not being discouraged by schools outside the state of Nebraska um, to uh, have kids come to their university. You know, it is, it's going to be tough, obviously a tough sell, but you just be honest with a recruit. You know, I coach college sports right now. I coach uh, college esports. Obviously, it's not on the level of traditional football and basketball and baseball, but. Something that I learned when Tom Osborne, uh, Dick Tomey, Lou Holtz, Joe Paterno, uh, those coaches recruited me back in the 90s. They, basic, they basically, you know, shot me straight. You know, they told me, they didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. And I say, if anybody did that, it was Coach Osborne. And that was one of the reasons I went there. He didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. Oh, yeah, you're going to come here and be a starter. You're going to be an All-American. You're going to be a first-round draft pick when you're done here. You're going to get your college degree. You know, no. I didn't want to hear that, and he didn't sell that to me. He basically, I remember when he came to my house, my, my dad asked the question, will my son play football? You know, wasn't that I needed to play my freshman year, um, but will I play football? Will I get an opportunity to showcase what, I, what my skills are that I did in high school and now at the college level? That's what my dad asked. It was a simple question. And, and Coach Osborne said, well, if he studies the playbook, he uh, hits the books, you know, have his classes in order, he'll have his opportunity. And I knew I could do all that. I knew I could have good grades. I was an academic um, All-American all my freshman year. And then I knew I was a football player. I had been in situations before where I had to transfer to school and come into a program where they had a starting running back. And I had to look past that and like, look, I just got to gotta come in here and be myself. And so with that type of mindset, obviously, and then that type of coaching that I was brought into coming in as a freshman, I knew right away that as long as I do my job, I do what my coaches ask me to do, I'm going to play football. And if and I say for Scott and the coaches now recruiting kids, if you tell them what they should hear, not they want what, what they want to hear, you tell them what they should hear. Look, it's going to be a tough go. When you come in here, we're going to, we, we, you know, we struggled the last couple of years, but we playing solid football. We're going to expect this out of you to be in the weight room, to have good grades, stay out of trouble. Give us, give those players that honesty and then you'll, you'll, you'll be surprised who you get to come to your program, you know, knowing that you're struggling, but you're playing solid football. Because any player, any, any sports fan can look at Nebraska and say they're not a, a terrible team this year, but they're not the team they should be 
because of the little mistakes that right now that are hurting him in big games against Michigan State and against Oklahoma. Talking to Amon Green, 1996 Big 8 uh, Freshman of the Year, 2003 NFC Offensive Player of the Year with the Green Bay Packers. You can catch him on the Amon Green Gamers podcast uh, at Amon Green 30 on Twitter. Amal? Amon, I want to ask you a little bit about the Green Bay Packers. Some offseason turmoil there with uh, Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the organization. You played there, had tremendous success with the Packers. Is this thing kind of been put to bed, put to rest right now because the season has gotten off to a pretty good start despite that little hiccup in Jacksonville against the Saints? This team looks like it's going in the right direction, a quality win on the road against the 49ers. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, that, you know, winning cures a lot of things. And right now, yes, that conversation is dead for now. Because for one, the football season has started. And like you said, it started rough in Jacksonville against the Saints. But now what I'm seeing is the team coming together. They're knocking the rust off because of all the, the turmoil, the trauma from the conversations that we were hearing from the media about Aaron, from the organization about Aaron. Is he coming? Is he going? Does he want to be here? He, we knew he did not want to be there. But that trauma obviously affected the players, his teammates, and himself. Because obviously when you don't know if a player, your teammate's coming back. And that player himself knew, because he said it, he didn't want to be here because of the culture was different from when he got here in 2005. That can leave a mark. And so that mark was still there in that New Orleans game. And now that, you know, now that they're, everybody's back to football, college and pro, you know, pro bowl player or rookie, now you could just play football and not think about nothing else. And I think a lot of it, from that first game, it was still sitting on people's minds in that Saints game. But now, since then, you're, they're coming out of that that trauma of going through what the the offseason was for everybody, for the Green Bay Packers players and coaches and organization members. So now they're getting the football, and now they can they're doing the things that they do. Aaron Rodgers is throwing that back shoulder throw on point to Devontae. He's looking for him constantly in that defensive backfield because he knows that's one of his best go-to guys as a receiver. But now you see Mark LaFleur be able to use his tools offensively. Uh, coming out, I love the, the double tight end set that you could do a lot of run and pass out of. But uh, playing against a good solid team on the road and getting a win and, and, and then making it you know, a convincing victory, that wasn't an easy go. You know, that wasn't easy to go out to San Francisco, play four quarters, almost five quarters, but knowing that at a certain point in the game, look, if I get the ball back you know, in terms of Aaron, I could get this ball where, where I know Mason, my kicker, can kick it and we can win this game and get out of here. To have that confidence, that's the rust getting knocked off moving forward. And so now we're definitely going to see a different, a different uh, Packer team from game to game moving in here uh, from this point forward. I'm on. we got about 90 seconds left. Very interesting Big Ten race this year. The heavy preseason favorite Ohio State lost at home to Oregon, struggled against Tulsa. Penn State. Michigan, Michigan State, and Iowa still undefeated to this point. Who's your Big Ten champion this year? Man, that's tough. But I'm going to say this because I know the guy and I know how he coaches. He coaches very, very – I would play for him if I was a player right now in college. Uh, James Franklin out in Penn State. I'm going to have to give it to them. I know I got a good friend down in Texas, Marco Rivera, who is a former Penn Stater himself. He probably, probably, he probably is having a heart attack right now because I just said that. <laughs> but – but in all in all, watching the teams, watching all these teams played at least one game so far this season, I would just say Penn State right now. They're playing solid football, offense, defense, and special team, and is being coached very well by Coach Franklin and his coaching staff. Amon, we really appreciate the time this morning. Excellent points. 
Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm on green, part of the one of the most astonishing results in college football history. September 1996, Nebraska's won 24 Arizona games. Arizona State. 19-0. The Thursday uh, night game. Uh, on the strength of a touchdown, two field goals, and three safeties. Jake the Snake. When we come back, the playbook. <laughs> This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, the daily best bet email from Bill 80, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game. Plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. That's right, Amal, $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. Thanks to Amon Green for joining us. I could have talked to him for at least another segment. Oh, absolutely. And we'll get yeah, him back on again. Think about it. He's been part of, in his career, two of the most historic programs at the collegiate and the professional level, Nebraska and Green Bay. Neither team has replaced him since he left. There hasn't been a better tailback at Nebraska, nope. nor in the history of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, he's their all-time leading rusher. I mean, it's a different era with Horning and all that, but but since then, I mean, they've had a few good ones, Dorsey Levin's had, but not the productivity of Amon Green. You know, people forget. He, he was a absolute speed guy, and he was a power guy, too. Yep. I mean, this guy could fly. He, you know that he finished second in national uh, weightlifting. Yeah, yeah, powerlifting. powerlifting I, well, contest. I remember because when he came to Nebraska, I'm like, you got Lawrence Phillips, and then yeah. you bring in a guy that's actually potentially better than him. Yesterday you had a winner, uh, easy winner with the Cowboys. No play today. Yeah. I split the baseball. Rockies couldn't get that parlay home for me. Uh, Quantrill was an easy winner. And then despite uh, the flex and effects giving up three in the top of the first, the Mariners crushed the A's last night. So They are playing well. What are they, one nine out of 11? Yeah, they're not out of this yet. They're not, not out of this at all because now, remember, the Yankees and the Blue Jays play each other starting tonight, so they can kind of hurt each other a little bit unless that series gets one side. I'm going to go with uh, my playbook today. I'm going to go with Rio. Rio has dominated the Yankees since coming to Toronto, and I think if it ends up Toronto and the Yankees in a wild card game, you're going to get Rio, not Robbie Ray, who might be your AL Cy Young winner, just because of how dominant Rio has been against them. Remember, opening day, he wins in Yankee Stadium. He shut him out for six innings in Toronto. This game again in Toronto. I'm going to take the Jays and Ryu, two units, minus 122. I have a lot of soccer action today. I, I didn't give out this early game, but a huge bet on this uh, Shakhtar game um, against AC Milan. You just don't go to Kiev and try to score. You know, Benzema and, and, and Ramos and, and Courtois and, the, and the, the whatever, the legitimate Madrid team or Real Madrid team went in there in the snowstorm earlier in the year and got beat. Uh, it's tough to score in Kiev, 0 85th minute. Porto Liverpool. I look at the interview that Jurgen Klopp gives before this game. I mean, he thinks everything, but they're going to lose this game. Lucky to salvage a point. They have no advantages in any side of this game. He knows how tough it is to go to Western Europe, Estadio de Drago in Porto, Portugal, and win in this spot. I can't believe this total is three of them all. You made a lot of money betting Porto and, and Atleti under uh, in, in Champions play before. I'm gonna, the other game, one unit, Milan and Madrid under two and a half. Atletico Madrid, I don't think they score. Anybody scores in their games till after the 80th minute. And then there's some <laughs> flukish last-minute goal in every game. They're playing Milan here. I, I laid the 150 for one unit. Big pitching matchup tonight in Atlanta. Huh? Morton, this is first and second in the East. Morton against Wheeler. 
Oh, listen, Zach Wheeler, I, it's been terrific this year for the Phillies, and I, I like that acquisition. I, I take a, a shot with a plus 113 yeah. here. He loses, I, he loses. Should be a great game, though. And then the other great pitching matchup tonight, Darvish and Bueller. I'm going over 7.5. Well, look, Bueller struggled a little bit in his last couple of starts, and then, of course, you Darvish has been horrendous yes. outside of one start. I mean, this guy has been absolutely awful. I don't understand why they keep posting these 7, 7.5 with, with okay. Darvish on the mound. Maybe in May this is the right number, yeah, but exactly. it, isn't, it isn't in September, I don't think. No, I'm with you so there. So one I... unit over 7.5 in that spot. Okay, we played Wilder right yesterday. We got through some of the college football slate. We'll continue that next segment. Let's do Wilder right them all on the Week 4 NFL matchups, and we'll start Thursday night football. I think this might be a game people are looking at in Survivor. The winless Jaguars go into Cincinnati to play the 2-1 and one Bengals. I'm not sure which Bengals team to expect. Was it the team that struggled so mightily at Soldier Field in Week 2? Or was it the team that posted a victory against division rival Steelers in Pittsburgh last week? We know the struggles of Urban Meyer uh, and the crew in Jacksonville. This number is a full touchdown. The Bengals are lane seven, 45 and a half. I'm all. Is this wild or is it right? I think it's right. I think this number is right where it should be. By the way, I love the fact that on DraftKings, and you see it on our board, they have the team totals posted as well. Uh, Cincinnati, look, they, they're off to a good start. You've got to capitalize on it. You're playing a weak opponent. You should be able to win this game Thursday night, short week for a rookie quarterback. Uh, they have to travel to you. Good opportunity for the Bengals here. All right, let's, uh, are you considering this game in, uh, in Survivor? Uh, I am. I tell you, that is, is the key to Survivor knowing when to take the bad teams? Listen, I mean, man, you, I can't give away all the strategy. Early window on Early window <laughs> on Sunday. The Washington football team, your pick to win the NFC East, travels to Atlanta to play the Falcons' disappointing performance. The defense is so bad on third down. Amal. They can't get anybody. How many straight games are they going to let teams get 60% plus on third down percentage? Well, maybe not this game because you get to play Matt Ryan, who actually got their first win at MetLife against the Giants. The line, the football team, a point-and-a-half road favorite, the total 47-and-a-half. Wilder right them all. I think this is correct. Hey, look, you say Washington 2, you say Washington 1, you say pick them for me. They're arbitrary right there, about the same. Nobody should be a three-point favorite in this one. If this is one of those where just pick the side you like to win. And if you're going to take Washington, take the money line at minus 125. It's worth it for uh, the five cents per half a point there instead of just laying the point-and-a-half. Normally not an area of concern for me, but I, I just think with the money line being that cheap. Will this be a teaser play for folks going up above the seven with the Falcons, or will they shy away because it's the Falcons? You, yeah, I think that's more the latter. I, I believe both there, these teams are playing bad. There were nine really. legs or eight legs this past week. JVT had the tweet where you could take a team down, down below the seven and three, or take a team up like the Rams above the three and the seven, and it went seven and one or eight and one. There was only one loser in that spot this past week. Uh, look, the numbers are very sharp in the NFL. There's 32 teams. This is what people bet. This is what people have an interest in. I think that's where there's such an advantage if you look at it in college in college football compared. That's where you can find some more advantage to exploit. Our next game uh, in the early window, the Texans go to Orchard Park to take on the Bills. Um, still no Terod Taylor. I was listening to Guessing Lines with Gill and Christy Andrews on a numbers game, which they do every Monday, where Gill guesses what the line's going to be, and then Chris explains what it is. Um, Chris said his actual number on this game is 20 and a half. This game opened 17 and a half. We've seen the Texans take money right now. I'm all the bills are 16 with a total of 48. Is this wild or right? No, I think this is correct. 16, 17, uh, Davis Mills under center. He's rookie quarterback. I think he's going to be pretty good. We'll see what happens long-term, but the Texans would surprise me. The difference with Taylor was that team played well in all phases outside of just that offense playing well. 
I know they played Jacksonville, but they were competitive against the Browns. And you and I talked about it. Taylor doesn't get hurt. It felt like they had a chance in that ballgame. But then against the uh, Carolina Panthers, they just looked absolutely lifeless throughout in every phase of the game. The Detroit Lions take on the Chicago Bears in Soldier Field in a matchup of NFC North teams. The Bears are laying a field goal, now down to two and a half, a total of 42. If Justin Tucker doesn't make 66-yard NFL record field goal to win that game, and the Lions are 1-2 and two instead of 0-3, and three, is this line any different? Two and a half of them all. Is it wild or right? Well, I don't think the result of one kick should make a difference in the game, but I am a little bit concerned. Do the Lions have a bit of a hangover effect? Because you saw some of the players coming mm. off that field. They look like they lost the Super Bowl. The other thing is I think this line is wrong. I think it's a little bit wild. I think this line should be a pick em. I don't think the Bears have done anything to justify being a favorite right now uh, in this particular spot. I know this is the same line against Cincinnati, but when you looked at that team last week against the Cleveland Browns, man, they couldn't protect Justin Fields, and he was holding on to the ball too long. It's going to be interesting to see who they start this week. Your boy Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts go to South Florida to take on Jacoby Brissett, former Colts quarterback, and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins favored here at home by one and a half. Uh, Amal, is this line wild or right? Uh, no, you know, to me, when you look at this Dolphins team, uh, I, I think this is the right number. This Colts team leaves a lot to be desired in terms of where they're at right now. Uh, uh, up to I, two and a half now, we're seeing Dolphins money at DraftKings total 43, Amal. I, I, think, that, I think this is accurate. I, I would have probably made this line too. Look, if Brissett just lets the air, he throws the ball a little and just kind of flings it like they were when they were losing. I think they've got a chance to move the football. Here's a good game in the Metrodome again, or whatever that stadium is up there in Minneapolis. The Cleveland Browns. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns uh, travel north to take on the Vikings. It's a tough number to make a little bit for me. I've been very impressed with the Browns so far. The Vikings bounce back, as you predicted last week. Almost the same number as it was with Seattle. Slightly higher. Seattle was two. The Browns are two and a half on the road with a total of 53 and a half. I think it should be the Browns three. Um, I think the Browns win this game. I like this team overall. They haven't played well, particularly the last couple of weeks. They were sluggish against the Bears. They struggled to get against Houston. I thought they played extremely well in the first half against Kansas City, but I don't think they've played at the level of their talent the last 10 quarters, and let's see if they can get that turned around. But a win for Minnesota bodes well because now they're back in it at 1-2. and two. You can get a quality win here, really give you some momentum moving forward. This total strikes me as high. I'm all 53 and a half. Uh, look. Minnesota moved the ball effectively several times this year. I mean, against uh, Arizona, against uh, Seattle. This is the best defense that they have faced so far, I believe. I, I would agree with you, but I also think the Browns can be able to move the ball. You're indoors. I mean, mm-hmm. look, you get 40 yards on a drive, you're getting three points minimum. But remember, the Browns run the ball a lot. I think they are actually the best running game. I know we talk about the 18-wheeler in Tennessee, no, 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 and we is... talk about the two-headed monster in Dallas or three-headed monster. This is the best rushing attack. Oh, I would agree with you completely, but mm-hmm. Nick Chubb just rip, rips off chunks of yardage. Um, all right, real quick here, Giants at Saints. I want to ask you from this perspective. Saints are seven and a half, but here's my question. Do you use the Saints in Survivor this week? Can you trust them yet off the Jekyll and Hyde performances? I think you can. Look, I think you use them because it's the Giants. I don't care about the Saints. You know what I mean? Well, and also because it's Daniel Jones under center. Yeah, He's not going to throw the ball you. down the field. That defense is going to put, present some challenges. All right, coming up after the break, we flip it back to college football. Wild or right? Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. 
Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same game parlays in all pro football matchups. They're bringing back their Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they'll have a $1 million Beat the Spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app and go to BetRivers.com. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9. With it, Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He's a mole show. All right, Wilder right. So many college football games, we only got to a handful of them yesterday, and not even to some of the key matchups. Uh, I want to start out with Louisville at Wake Forest in the ACC. Louisville's looked very good the last three weeks, win and cover at Florida State. Wake Forest, so impressive at Virginia, uh, dominated against Florida State as well. Wake the home team here. This line of all is six and a half. 
Wilder right. What's my margin of error here? Uh, when it's under seven, oh, I'll, I guess when it's right around seven, a half point's pretty important, but yeah. uh, I'll give it a point here in college in these games. I, I think this number is correct. Because yeah. when it was at seven, I thought it was, uh, you know, I thought it should have been seven and a half or eight, but uh-huh. we'll, we'll go with that. I, look, I think Wake Forest is a very good team, and right now you have to look at them as a contender to win this ACC crown. They, Hartman's been terrific at the quarterback position. They don't make mistakes. They're like a, they're like the service academies. They don't beat themselves. Uh, I'm going to skip to the other another ACC game. Clemson off the loss at NC State. NC State tried to give them the game by kicking field goal after field goal. They know they couldn't make. Dave Doran with a terrific job of game management down the stress. Clemson now hosts a team you had last week, who won the game and covered. They had to go to overtime after that miraculous field goal by Missouri. What a clutch kick that was by that yeah, kid. Yeah, how come I never have those kickers make those 56 in college? college for me? Yeah, Nail 56, it from yeah. 50, was it 56? 56. Oh, my goodness. What a kick that was. Anyhow, Boston College wins. Now they go to Clemson. This is a number I was surprised by. Clemson playing 16 at home. It's kind of like uh, Clemson's offense. It's absolutely wild. It's totally wild. <laughs> I'm surprised it's above 10. I thought this line should have been 11. Okay. Uh, I, I still think you give Clemson credit for their defense. Now you've got a couple of issues. Shipley, out for the year. You've got, uh, or excuse me, out for a few weeks. Uh, Brian Brzee uh, out for the year with a torn ACL. DJ can't play. Uh, and you look at this team right now, offensive line is horrible. Remember last year, this was a six-point game between these two teams. I'm telling you right now, I've said it and I'll keep saying it. USC's next football coach should be Jeff Halfley from Boston College. Would you bet it's going to be? No, they're not that smart. Yeah. Britton, if you get a chance before we go, I want to see the current odds to win the ACC. I think that's a wide-open race as well as the Big Ten. USC. USC gets stomped in the Coliseum. By Oregon State. Now oh, they go on. Nice. The, now they go on the road to play a Colorado team who broke the longest scoreless possession streak in Pac-12 history. Pac-12, Pac-10, Pac-8, IW, whatever it was, the California. Amal, <laughs> they went 24 possessions without a point on offense. Carl Durrell's team. They finally scored in the desert against uh, Arizona State. USC goes to Boulder. They're laying seven. Wilder right. Uh Boy, I, I, I think this number is right because I don't trust the Trojans. They look different with Slovis as opposed to Jackson Hart. Uh, he looked much better. Obviously, he's out with the torn meniscus. I still think it's going to be interesting to see. It's hard. I was thinking about this coming into this week. Can you bet the Trojans now? Do they have the fight in them? Because now I'm concerned about after getting destroyed by Oregon State, will this team compete? I will tell you one thing, though. If you want to see a player that's entertaining and as tough as anybody in college football, Drake London for USC to me is as good of a receiver as there is. What do you make of this total fifty-one with an offensively challenged Colorado squad? Well, USC's defense is also yeah. challenged. I hear you. Okay, this next game I had circled on the calendar before the year began, and it caused me to make my future bet. Cincinnati, I have at fourteen to one to make the college football playoffs. I'm actually liking the bet right now from the perspective of the college football landscape. With Ohio State losing, I don't know that Oregon can go undefeated. The big Oklahoma has not looked good. I mean, it's clearly Alabama and Georgia. Nobody can really find a number three right now. I think if Cincinnati wins in South Bend and runs the table, that they have a very good chance to be a playoff team. I was hoping, I was hoping, and I bet Notre Dame, but hoping they would beat Wisconsin convincingly so that they would be laying a field goal to Cincinnati at South Bend, at Notre Dame Stadium. This number, Amal, opened to Cincinnati. Yeah, it's think, now two and a half. Is this wild, or is this the right number? No, this is wild. Yeah. I, I right. just don't understand. Cincinnati's a road favorite in South Bend. 
This thing should be Notre Dame minus three all day. Now, that doesn't mean the game's going to play out that way. I still have a lot of question marks and concerns about Notre Dame. Two pick sixes and a kickoff return for a touchdown against Wisconsin. 32 rushing attempts, only three total yards, which, remember, in college football, takes into account sacks as well. I think this Cincinnati team has one of their biggest games they've ever had. This is a great opportunity for this team before they get to the Big 12. I think their defense is good enough to slow down that Notre Dame offense. I don't think Notre Dame will run the football against them either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think they're going to be in trouble, Notre Dame is. But in terms of the line, I I get why they're making this the number, but I I think the line should be Notre Dame as a favorite. I do as well. Now, let's talk about betting. Not handicapping, but betting. How should I play this game? Should I hedge my Cincinnati 14-1 to bet with a bet on Notre Dame? And should I take Notre Dame money line, take Notre Dame and wait to try to get three, or tease Notre Dame up? Because if Cincinnati wins this game by 10 or more, they're probably making the playoffs. Well, let's address everything backwards on this one. Okay. First things first, don't tease college football games. Okay. Jimmy Vaccaro would say, he'd say to you, I'll let you bet any teaser you want in college football all season long. I mean, meaning... If you do it every week, you're going to end up being broke because it's just not worth it in college football. We see how the scores are so many times. I, I agree with you, but in this perspective, the tease, and I'm going to tease it to an NFL game, the tease is, is the margin of victory for Cincinnati in the minds of the voters for the playoff poll. That's why it becomes relevant. I hear what you're saying, yeah. but you know, 13-10 going into that fourth quarter, you felt pretty good yeah. if you had Notre Dame in a teaser, or excuse me, uh, <laughs> in, uh, Wisconsin, yeah. you teased him, whatever. My, my point being is that... I just wouldn't tease it in college football. In terms of the number, look, the two and a half is not going to hurt you. So see if it jumps to three. If it comes mm-hmm. down to two, it's not a detriment to you. So I would wait on that. And then in terms of hedging, you got a great opportunity, a plus 105 on Notre Dame. Yeah. Just take the plus price. I mean, all you're doing is knocking off one fourteenth of your bet, right? So yeah. it's an easy scenario. I think it's an easy one to hedge. Yeah, I have a 500 on them at 14 to one. There you I go. I was That's thinking about hedge. taking a dime on Notre Dame. Absolutely. Right. And if Cincinnati wins this game... You're still in great position. I think they're in a good spot. They got to beat Central Florida probably twice. Yeah, they have to. I be can used still to... not make it. I mean, obviously, no, I agree that, with that, you there. The, the... But I think it's going to be tough to keep them out, especially yeah. when you saw how competitive they were against Georgia last year in the Sugar Bowl. Now, if a or Big Ten Chick- team goes Chick-fil-A undefeated, Bowl. they're probably getting in though. If if a Penn State goes undefeated, if, I just don't see it happening. I think it's too balanced that league. If a Big Ten team has one loss, they're getting in. You think so? You think Ohio State's getting in? No, I'm not saying Ohio State. Let's say uh, Penn State loses a game, they yeah. still get in. If Iowa loses a game, they're getting in. Is Oklahoma getting in? They're going to get in. Which I'm telling you what's hurting Alabama them right and now. Georgia are both getting in. Well, let's let the season play out there. Unless sir. they lose in the SEC. I'm going to tell you right now, before you put the Crimson Tide These in numbers there, are all 20. I'm all 20. They're 20. Arkansas is getting 20. They're 20 in Mississippi I do a spot every Friday with Chris Childers and Rick Neuheisel on Sirius XM. And, and, and Childers said no, Alabama's going to win every game by at least 14 points. I said, Childers, if you are correct, I will fly you and your wife from Nashville to Vegas Weekend trip on me. We lasted one week. Gators lost by two. <laughs> Syracuse at Florida State, and then we'll look at ACC odds after that. Syracuse, a big victory at home on Friday night against Liberty. I mean, Hugh, Hugh Freeze still waiting to use his timeouts. I don't know. It, it, I have no idea what he's doing. I mean, he feels confident that a gross award kicker can't kick a 35-yard field goal to beat him. No, but forget that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was the automatic. It, it's automatic with him. Uh, you know, the other thing I didn't understand, they had the ball fourth down and goal at the three-yard line oh, with yeah. eight minutes to go. Yeah. Why won't you take the three points yeah. in a tie game? Were they trying the same, to cover the number there? It looked like it. Six and a half. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Okay, Florida State hosts Syracuse. Florida State's been God, 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 God-awful. Florida State's laying four and a half here. Is this Wilder right? I by the way, if you've never seen SEC shorts, go watch the video that they have on the basement teams because Arkansas is no longer in it and see who they introduce in there. <laughs> it's great. But how could Florida State be a favorite against anybody? This team, I don't even know if this team's going to compete. Mike, they were getting worked 
flat out worked against Louisville. Louisville didn't score in the second half, but I think in this game with the Syracuse defense as good as they are, I think they're going to be able to run the ball effectively like they did. Who's a Tucker, the tailback there? I think they'll be able, uh, really effective running the ball on the ground. I like Syracuse plus four and a half here. I also like this total under 52. All right, let's take a look at the odds to win so, the eight. Sorry, the, the number is wild. Wild. Let's look at the numbers down. We have them to win the ACC right now. Uh, Clemson's still your favorite, seven to five. You got to lay a dollar forty. NC State and your guy Dave Doran plus seven dollars. Virginia Tech plus nine dollars. Old Mac Brown just lost to Georgia Tech twelve to one. I like Wake at twelve to one. Okay, if you're willing to take a chance, mm-hmm. this is a good bet right now. Go ahead and bet North Carolina State, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Wake Forest. All four teams at the odds against Clemson. It's still worth it. Because you're getting better than seven to one all of, on all those teams. You could actually bet. You could bet the first seven teams outside of Clemson. What do you think about BC? No, I. I you know the quarterback play one. concerns me. That's yeah. that's a concern I have there. But they're not a bad team. I, I think the way they run the football, I think they've got a chance. Uh, by the way, as would they like to say at this network here, hey, there's some value on Florida State. Is is Clemson deserved to be a minus number favorite still? No. I don't think so. No either. way. First of all, they're not even they're not even leading their conference. They're a very bad offensive team. Dabo said he's evaluating every position. Is there a chance DJ doesn't start this week? No, he needs to evaluate the offensive coordinator, Tony Scott. Stay tuned, DeVisa, and up next, Betting Across America. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 